0: This is That's When It Hit Me. Every entrepreneur has that aha moment. Learn how this happened for entrepreneurs from all across the globe. And now here's your host, entrepreneur and author, Ron Patel.
1: Greetings, small business friends. This is Ron Patel for That's When It Hit Me. And I hope you are having a wonderful and productive week. Um, got a great show lined up for you today. Got a, an awesome small business tip of the week that I'm going to share with you shortly here. And uh, my guest today, Greg McNeil, is a kettlebell instructor. Some of you may know what that is, some of you may not. He's going to go into the details, but it was brought over by a Russian special forces officer that uh, brought his trade and his talents over to the United States. So we're going to get into a lot of that. You know what that sound means. And here's your Small Biz Tip of the Week. So this week's tip of the week is about the word competition. So I ask you to think about this, and the answer is probably not the obvious answer, but who is your competition? I attended a Disney customer service seminar about two years ago with Aaron Hagman, a good friend of mine, and he'll be a guest on this show at some point. And Disney considers their competition to be anything else that their potential customer or their prospect would spend their money on instead of going to Disney. So, I mean, a lot of the time people tell me, um, you know, I I have – my core business is Just Dine In. It's a multi-restaurant delivery service and it's in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and there's no other multi-restaurant delivery services. So a lot of people will tell me, well, that's great. You don't have any competition. And I mean I think I'd be a fool to say, yeah, sweet, I don't have any competition because people are buying food and having it delivered from other sources. So just because there isn't another business just like mine doesn't mean I don't have my my competition, don't don't have any competition for that matter. Um, I look at my competition as caterers, as restaurants that do their own delivery. So you've got the obvious pizza places. You've also got places like Jason's Deli um, who happens to deliver sandwiches and salad trays. Um, and then you've got a few other restaurants that will deliver for big catering lunches and stuff, which is what we're going after. So if I simply sat here and said, oh, yeah, I don't have any competition. This is great. I don't have to worry about it. Um, I wouldn't be the smartest thing in the world. And what's funny about it is in my industry, I would actually appreciate a good competitor. And don't get me wrong. I, I'm not saying I'd love for someone to come in and take business for me. But I truly believe that if we had a good competitor and we continue to give better service than them, that it would actually help my business. And let me tell you why. I'm in an industry where the concept of what we do is not widely known. Uh, a lot of people know, don't know that you can get food delivered from restaurants that don't deliver because obviously they don't deliver. And if you're not aware of our concept, you don't know you can have a steak delivered with a baked potato and vegetables. Well, we make that possible. So one of the battles we have is making people aware of the concept that restaurant, multi-restaurant delivery exists – and then we have to get them to try it. So if we had a competitor, they would be marketing just like us actively, making more and more people aware that you can't have food delivered. And ultimately, if they did a poor job servicing the customer, then guess who would be there to pick up the slack, of course. But back to my point about Disney. So I think I'd be being a little short-sighted if I said my competition was only restaurants that offered delivery and uh, pizza places. Because what is it that competition really is? It's it's whether people choose to spend their money with you or with somebody else. And that somebody else doesn't necessarily have to be doing the same thing that you do. People have different patterns of how often they eat out. Um, some people can only afford to eat out once a month. Some people eating out once a week, sometimes twice a week, depending on what your budget is like. Now, if you normally eat out once a week and – you decide to treat yourself on Monday evening and then you get paid on Friday and you have another chance to eat out. But you also wanted to go, let's say you're a lady and you wanted to get your nails done, you might have to make a choice. Are you going to spend that $39 on getting your pedicure and manicure done or are you going to spend that $39 on dinner for the family uh, instead of busting out stuff from the kitchen? So competition, I think the tip that I want you to get from this week's lesson is the competition is not necessarily someone in your own arena, in your own industry, doing the same thing you do. It's what are people spending their disposable income on, and how do you get them to spend it on your business versus the other option that they could go with? Um, It's not doing anything wrong. They're going to spend that disposable income on something else. So it's giving them a choice. And the beauty of free enterprise is that you can – hopefully condition the customer to want to spend that money with you. So I hope you got something out of that and something you can apply to your business. We will move on to the interview segment of our show now. On the line today, we have Greg McNeil a Russian kettlebell instructor and owner of CK Fitness. Greg, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Listen, Greg, Russian kettlebells, a lot of people don't know what that is. Why don't you start off by telling us what kettlebells are and what that is?
2: Well, the kettlebell actually looks like a cannonball with a handle on it. That's really about the best description. Uh, The training comes to us through an individual his name is Pavel Fetzulin. He is a former Soviet uh, Union Special Forces instructor. Uh, he came to this country, I believe, in 2001, and he brought this training with him. And since then, they opened up a uh, school here in the United States, uh, primarily based out of Minnesota, uh, that certifies all instructors who would be um, participate in Russian kettlebell training. And um, I think it is by far, some of the most complete form of fitness to be found anywhere. Um, just fantastic. It's a life-changer, on, I would say.
1: Okay. So tell us a bit more about what you do and, even more importantly, why you do it.
2: Well, I became a Russian kettlebell instructor in um, 2009. And I got into it... Um, through a client of mine who who basically introduced me. He said, hey, look, my brother's training with this weird tool. And I checked it out, and I was instantly amazed by it. So I began to do research on it, and the the history just compelled me. And a few years later, I found that I had gone through the whole certification process, and I absolutely loved it. Now, why do I do it? Um, I believe that training with the kettlebell is one of the most complete time efficient forms of fitness to be found anywhere. I mean it literally is a handheld uh gym, uh a gym in your hands, so to speak. And I have been able to help clients achieve amazing results um in a very short amount of time. So it just it just worked. Um it worked for my clients, uh in terms of the benefits they receive, and most importantly, they save a lot of time, which is very important for these people in this day and age.
1: Okay, and also for the listeners, we're going to post, first of all, a picture of what a kettlebell is on the show page, and then we'll also have a picture, I'm sorry, a video um, that Greg has shared with us showing what kettlebell training is. That'll give you kind of more of a visual and you can find that, of course, that's when it hit me slash zero zero five. Cause that's the number for the show. Um, Greg, so you know the name of the show it's that's when it hit me. So tell me, when did it hit you?
2: <laughs> it hit me, um, September, uh, September, September, 2010. Um, I had just completed performing a few exercises. Um, I ended up losing 47 pounds. Wow. And, yes, I didn't have um, a real extreme diet or anything like that. I I really just, I guess you could say I ate really healthily or normally, if you will. But the training just was so perfect. It was such a great training tool. I looked at myself, at one point, I'm 47 pounds overweight, I'm nearly 200 pounds, I'm this middle-aged guy, and I'm asking myself a question, is this it? And so every day I would train uh, with this with this tool, I'd realize things were happening for me. And I wake up one day, I'm 47 pounds lighter, I look absolutely fantastic, but then I realized I felt so good. I thought, I really need to share this with people because if I can do this at my age, this is certainly a tool that many other people can use, not only my age or older. And there I am, 45, and I realized, hey, look, I have a new lease on my life. I mean, literally, I describe myself these days as a a $6 million man. (laughs) (laughs) I have rebuilt myself, so to speak, like Lee Majors. Uh, If anybody dates back that far.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I am familiar. Okay, Greg, so tell me about how you implemented your plan and then started your business.
2: Well, after I achieved my RKC, um, I just sat down and I did a little uh, market search here in Albuquerque to see uh, if there are other kettlebell uh, studios here in the state, and if so, where they were. And at that point, I decided to look at how do I want to provide this sort of training? Uh, and I knew I didn't want to have something, um, that other people were using. So I actually, uh, drew on my therapeutic background and I actually created a wonderful, uh, product, which was to be Albuquerque's first, uh, certified Russian kettlebell martial arts and wellness studio. Um, So it probably took me – I mean, that was a a plan that I think I was kind of like formulating for some time. But after I was certified and I got back to Albuquerque and I really took a look at the market, I thought, hey, look, I can really do this here. Um, And I started my business uh, about three months later um, in 2010 in a little small studio and with a small group of people, and my business has really been growing and thriving ever since.
1: So, I mean, when it first started, were a lot of people just kind of confused when they walked in and saw these awkward-looking bowling balls with handles? or were...
2: oh, oh, absolutely. I would get a lot of phone calls, um, what is this? I've never heard of it before. So I did a lot of promoting. Um, I went to health fairs. Uh, and I did a lot of performance with the kettlebell so people could not only see what it looked like, but they could actually see how does this tool compare with other standard fitness equipment. And um and I sort of like got the word out and you know, people were like, hey, I, I think I want to go in and try that out. So in the beginning, um the you know, the business was a little slow at first because it was largely an unknown product. Uh, but as more and more people began to hear about it, uh, you know, business began to peak, pick up, and um, and now more and more people understand uh, about uh, kettlebell training.
1: Yep, definitely. It's the old analogy, I think, of uh, are you creating demand or facilitating demand? Um, I've, I've written mm-hmm. about this where if people don't know what your product is, you have to create the demand before you can facilitate any demand. And once they know what the product is and that it works, then it's a lot easier, I'm sure, to sell that. And I'm sure as people got more familiar with kettlebells, I'm assuming it's become easier to sell it. Am I correct?
2: Oh, yes, you are. You're absolutely correct. I would say that right now, um, because more and more people know about kettlebells, uh, I get a lot of calls, visitors. You know, people want want more information. But I think what's really interesting right now is that the population – that is really showing an interest in kettlebells are people who are, I'd say, 35, but I really want to say 40 and older. Um, they mm. really like it. Uh, it is a great tool. Um, and my model is ageless fitness, and the clients that uh, are interested in kettlebells, um, that's exactly what they're looking for. They want to be able to recapture something that they have no longer been able to do. You know, we get older, you know, we start to slow down, but that's not really what they want to do. They don't want to slow down, but they don't want to go to a conventional gym anymore. They've already done that, and it doesn't really hold a lot of success for them. So Kettlebells has actually emerged as, I would say, um, a tool of choice for many clients, but particularly clients that are older, most notably women.
1: Okay. So other than what we've already mentioned with kettlebells becoming more and more known, let's talk a little bit more about maybe from the the sales and the marketing side, how is your business different now than it was in the first few weeks, months in business?
2: Well, in the beginning, of course, um, I spent a lot of time attempting to create a demand, as you mentioned earlier. So there was a lot of legwork on my part. I really felt like I was um, the busiest guy in town and I did not have a lot of the marketing tools in place um, you know people to help me with the email with marketing newsletters a lot of things that really help you to uh, produce a wonderful professional product and now um, I would say that my business is certainly much more streamlined I have all of the other uh, pieces in place so it makes my operation much more efficient and that's just great for me because I have more time to spend with clients now.
1: So a lot more a lot more organized, it sounds like.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely more organized, for sure.
1: Okay. Um, obviously, it sounds like you've been through a lot. You've evolved as a business owner. If you could give one piece of advice to any entrepreneur, let's just say maybe a newer entrepreneur, what would that advice be?
2: My advice would be, have a burning desire for what you desire you intend to create. Um I think most of us know when you have small businesses, uh you know, small businesses can have their challenges. Um But knowing that you're going to have challenges is one thing, but having a burning desire for it, I think that helps you to deal with some of the ups and downs that come with starting a new business, especially small businesses as entrepreneurs. And I think having a burning desire for what you want to do, it helps you to deal with some of the challenges that you face in the very beginning of your enterprise. And I think that's crucial not to get discouraged while you're creating a demand for your business, for your service.
1: Very cool. Um, so, like I said, I'm going to post the uh, the video. If anybody that wanted to get a hold of you had questions about kettlebell training, wanted more information, what's the best way to get a hold of you?
2: Well, they can certainly reach me through my uh, website, which is uh, www.ckfitnessnm.com. Um, my email is Coach at comcast.net and of course my phone number is 505-203-6164.
1: Wonderful. Well, I want to thank Greg for joining us today. Um, I think the kettlebell industry is a thriving industry and Greg is a classic example of somebody that saw something that was growing that was going to thrive and took action on it and really, you know, as I've as I talk about on the show all the time, gets that idea and and wants to act on it and really does well with it and now is is immensely successful so greg it's been an honor having you on the show i thank you for joining us and i wish you nothing but continued success in your business
2: oh ron thank you very much it was a pleasure and uh i wish you all the best as well
1: thank you
0: You've been listening to That's When It Hit Me with your host, Ron Patel. To learn more about That's When It Hit Me, visit smallbizamerica.com. Smallbizamerica. Small America. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.